we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the voices, the kids, the, uh, the lives that we get to have, God. And we thank you that we're alive today and that there are people that we can join together with. And I pray that we don't waste this moment, that we give a smile, Lord God, that we give encouragement and remember this Christmas as, a, as not something just for us, something that we can take or we feel about Christmas. Let us remember what has happened. You are the light of the world. You are the gift of God. You are the peace on earth that comes into the world, Lord God, and that you are absolutely with us. And I pray that we choose to be with people. In Jesus' name we pray.
um, a key prayer for our church line with me. Um, and, and Robert's one I've been uh, just a, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's some hard things going on in Robert's life right now. And, uh, and I know Christmas is not easy for a lot of you guys. Um, you know, I just talked to a friend. She lost her husband of, of 45 years about a month ago. And Christmas is really nice. And we have kids, and it's good. But there's also a hard thing for Christmas sometimes, too. And the holidays amplify some of those deficiencies of those gas in our life, don't they? Uh, so I don't want to get too serious to start. Um, but I just want to pray over us and know that um, you know, life is, is complicated sometimes. Um, and I know that's why we need to need a Savior. Amen. Um, so um, for our church. So just pray with us. God, thank you for this church tonight. Thank you for a family of believers that can come together in a, in a church cafeteria, God, and worship you tonight. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be anything, God, but just a pure, simple, simple gospel that you had a plan for humanity and that you sent a son to redeem our world. God, we get to be part of this story tonight. And uh, God, just speak to us tonight. Let we op let's open our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, God, to listen to something new about you tonight, God. Uh, we love you, God, so much. Uh, I pray for John as he preaches tonight that you would speak through him, God, and that we listen. And uh, go ahead, brother. Thank you, thank you, Father, for sending us your one and only son to just down to us to save our lives and just give us all that we have and just to worship your name, give you all the glory. Just oh, give it all to you, Lord. Well, to yours, and that is the day the reason why we celebrate this day. That's right. Thank you so much for the family, the friends that you put into our lives, those who can't be here with us, those who are less fortunate than we are. May you bless them. May, we, may you give us the power to be able to just be with them and just do for them, just talk to them in the way that you have done for us. Thank you so much, Jesus. In the holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Welcome, John O. <laughs> Running the children's programs right now are going, but of course, we didn't have our truck going, so we got to do the pressure to fix there. Uh, and, uh, but more than anything, I want to read you some things that uh, I hope that, like, almost like for the first time, I, I just believe in the Spirit of God uh, touching our hearts and touching our lives. Sometimes God speaks to us uh, directly through His Word, sometimes God speaks to us through His people, and sometimes as God speaks to us through situations. And even in a situation where the truck doesn't start, I like this. Sometimes I just like nothing, right? Just simple voices. I was thinking about Jesus uh, when he was with his disciples. This is all he had. He had his voice. And, and, and they would hear from him and they said, this man speaks like he has authority, like, like no one else I've ever heard before. And these were many statements made by people who heard from Christ. And I just thank you guys for being here. But I'm going to read you a couple verses from Isaiah 9, 6. We've been on this uh, series called God With Us. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's through the, the words of Isaiah speaking about Christ 600 years before Jesus came. And it's crazy because in 2018, the Dead Sea Scrolls are actually coming into Denver. So you can look at the book of Isaiah written 600 years before Christ came. He wrote these words about Jesus. So I want you guys to participate in that. 
Pay for your tickets. I don't know, they're like $30, $40 to get in there. But I want us to participate and look at the parchment of these writings about Christ. It's going to be in Denver. So I'm just throwing that out there. You're welcome. Denver History Museum, okay? Uh, but I'm going to read you this. It says, For to us, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And last week we, I, I spoke to you about Everlasting Father, but the first week I spoke about Wonderful Counselor, that Jesus is not just a teacher of man, but he counsels us. One-on-one, -on -one, if you've ever been to a counselor, I need counseling sometimes, all right? I think, we, I think all marriages should go to a counseling at least once a year to, to work on their marriage. I know not everyone believes in that, but I believe that we should always be working on our lives and bring people's in, people who are equipped to help us, give us tools. That's, I think it's beautiful. But Jesus is our counselor. He is one-on-one -on -one with us. He's life-on-life -life with us. That He's mighty God. He's not only a counselor. He is God Himself. He is God. He is God with us. And then He's everlasting Father. And last week we talked about Father. And sometimes the word Father is probably one of those words in any, in any language that it brings about a lot of emotions. But He's our everlasting Father. He's the Father that's with us. He's the Father that everlasting loves us for eternity and is for us. And today, the word is Prince of Peace. Can you say Prince of Peace? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. That's the last title and name of Jesus. So I googled the word Prince to figure out what the word Prince means today. And, and uh, what comes up? Is a very talented pop star from the 80s and 90s. His name is Prince Rogers Nelson. You'd like this Bernadette, right? He won eight Grammys, the winner of eight Grammys, starred in a movie called Purple Rain, right? But Prince, to this reader today, I mean, on this day, when Isaiah wrote this, the word Prince, when they were under Babylonian exile, so when Isaiah was writing this, they were sacked by the Babylonians, and the Babylonians took away their family, took away their rights, and, and God brings them to this place. And, 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 he, and he, he says, Jesus is going to be this prince of peace. So the word prince was not that, it wasn't a beautiful word to them, right? Because a prince was a ruler with authority. He tells you what to do, and, and you do what he desires. Your life is his, and for his kingdom, your hard work is for the prince's glory. So the word prince and peace sometimes did not mesh together to the Jewish reader at this time. The word prince and peace were at odds of each other. So they didn't always fit. So what is this biblical understanding of peace? This, the word shalom. We have this word peace, and we sometimes think it's this feeling of like calmness, or like when we are on a beach somewhere. Just imagine, close your eyes. You're on a beach, right? Some people don't like beaches, right? You're on a mountain, you're on snowboarding, right? You're on the top, you're at the very top of the mountain, you're looking down on this beautiful, like, perfectly groomed run. That's, a, that's how I see things sometimes. My wife, she's on the beach, and I'm not talking to her. She's alone. The kids are playing. Like, wherever, we, we think of peaceful moments, we're like, oh, that's peace. But this is the biblical understanding of shalom. 
Uh, and Paul's going to speak about this. And it goes, it's such a big topic alone. But I'm going to give you uh, Paul's quick writing on this in Philippians 4, 4 to 12. And he says he's speaking as he's writing in, in prison. And this, these are the words that he uses to the Philippians and Macedonia. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. I know that we don't always believe this, but Paul believed that the Lord was always at work. Any time in his life, the Lord was at hand. And he says this, do not be anxious about anything. Anyone ever anxious? Right? I, I, I think we live in a society of anxiousness. Right? I told you statistically, with crime and with all the negative things like theft and all these things, they're actually down. Did you guys know that statistically? All crime is down. Murder rate is actually down. Uh, all these things are down. But guess what's up? Is our fear. Our fear is so heightened right now. They said we are as safe as we, we've ever been since like the, almost like to the 50s. Imagine that. People aren't breaking into the, your house and... Things aren't going crazy, but we don't feel it. We feel anxious about everything. And Paul's telling us, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, in your anxiousness, pray out. Give thanks. Let your requests be known to God. I love verse 7. And the peace of God, His peace, which surpasses your understanding, will guard your heart, your mind, in Christ Jesus, verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, he says, okay, watch me, watch me. Because parents, if we are anxious people, and many of us are, guess how our kids will respond? Because they are watching us, right? Watch me, watch me. And Paul is in the same way as a spiritual father, he's saying, watch me. And what you see in me, what you receive from me, what you heard from me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And then verse 11, 12. For I have learned in whatever situation to be content. Man, this is a very hard one to swallow as Americans. Contentment is very hard to find because we are told not to be content. Right? Don't be content with life. Don't be content with life. And in the Bible, it's like live a simple life. Be content with life. And it goes against our like motto as, 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 uh, as American culture. It says, I have learned in whatever situation to be content. First of all, I know how, it, how to be brought low. I know what it means to be humble. And I know what it means to about half much. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, of facing hunger, of abundance and need. For I can do all things in Christ Jesus my Lord. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful capstone. When we have this peace, the things that we need to accomplish, we can accomplish with Christ's peace in our life. What that whole thing is saying is Jesus is enough for me. Jesus is enough for me. There's a song that says, peace, peace, God's peace, right? What's the next verse of that? Coming down from the Father above. Speak over my spirit forever I pray. With sweet, what is it? Fathomless billows of love. See, that's what I'm going to say. I've never used the word billows. But I want to describe this peace to you by telling you the opposite of peace, which is anxiety. 
which is fear, which is debilitating worry. The word anxiety in the Bible is not the normal kind of worry. Because when you love something or someone, it, it, it carries a weight of burden. It's not true. You love your kids, there's a burden for you. You love uh, your home, there's a burden for your home. You love your job, there's a burden for it. But so Paul is describing something else. Anxiety in the Bible means torn up. Have you ever been torn up? To be torn into pieces by crippling worry and fear. So when Paul is describing the peace of God, he's talking about an inner calm. Paul is saying, I've learned to be calm in every situation. Poised, steady, resilient. Say the word resilient. I think that's a powerful word that we need in our vocabulary. Paul saying, I've learned to be resilient. And think of Paul's situation. This dude is in prison, facing torture and death for his faith in Christ. And he's not telling us, and this is how we normally, if you ever look up on YouTube, like, motivational video, it's like, just, you need to be mentally prepared, right? Just deal with it. You need to be stronger than that. Just tell yourself, be stronger. Okay, I'll be stronger. Just tell yourself, you're better. Okay, I'm better. And Paul's like, no, it's not like that. You can't just tell yourself not to worry and tell yourself to be stronger. He's saying, I have to learn this peace. It's not a natural peace. He tells us peace is not just an absence of fear. Peace is a presence of something more. A sense of being protected. Verse 7 says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. And the word guard is a military term. In the, in the New Testament, it means to be surrounded by an army, and an army that would surround a city, and that you could feel safe inside that city. And if, if we had uh, slides, you would have seen a really cool slide I made. It was really good. There's this army around the city. It was really good. And you guys missed it. It's in my mind, though. But normally, I told you, this is how we try to produce peace. Think positive. Think positive, John. John, think positive. All right, bad things happen. Think positive about that. And then don't think about it. Don't even think about it. Don't even speak about it. If you speak about it, you're letting it in. And we Christians do that too. Christians like, don't even talk about it or speak about it because then you're letting it in, right? And, and, and Paul's like, no, that's not realistic. Trying to psych yourself out doesn't work. It's, it's facing the facts, but facing the facts in a way through the lens of Christ. The peace of God is not an absence of some thought, but the presence of God himself. His peace is with you. He surrounds you. And as you trust him, and you trust his track record, your soul can be at rest. Christian peace is living a, a, a living active power in Christ that helps us triumph over fear, over death, over stress, anyone stressed before? Over money? Over comparing, anyone compared before? I know you guys don't compare. I compare. I compared last year's Christmas photo. I was like, man, I was wasting your last year. <laughs> I better wear more black. <laughs> you know, you can, you can compare. It can stress about sickness, addiction, loss, like Paul's saying, pain, unforgiveness. We need the peace of God that comes from the presence of God. I'm going to say that again. We need the peace of God that comes from the presence of God. If you do not have the peace in your heart, I'm telling you, we're not seeking the presence of God because that's where you find the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's a crazy word. Peace that surpasses 
all understanding. That does not even make sense. And it's not supposed to. That's what Paul said. It's not your peace. It is not your peace. And I have seen the peace of God surpassing all understanding. I have seen people in the worst moments. And there's this, I was just going to tell you a story about two individuals that I met named Harry and Don Bashir. And this is one of the worst moments that I was in. And many, many of you guys know this moment where uh, some of you guys were in the Master's Commission van. And I know Aaron was when the van flipped. And three individuals on the church's team uh, were killed that night. And some of them survived for a little bit, but then they died. And three people died. And Harry and Don, they lost their son, Joshua, their eldest son. And, and I remember someone telling them, like, your son is passed. And it was terrifying. And I was a complete wreck. Because I was on the church staff, and we were telling parents that their kids were dead. It was, it was the worst, it was one of the worst moments that I had to personally endure and, and try to lead through. And I just cried. I cried for a week straight. And then there was Harry and Don Fisher. When I was a mess, and these parents were in their deepest despair. Their daughter, they didn't know who would survive. Their son, they knew, had passed. They began to sing. She sat on the piano and began to sing a song to God in the middle of, the, of their devastation. It was like supernatural. I kept on watching her to see, like, what is going on, right? She carried in, wherever she would go, she carried in the presence of God. They were comforting other families that their kids were damaged or hurt in this wreck. And they were comforting them in the middle of their despair, in the middle of their real tragedy. The peace that passes all understanding. And that's what they said it was. And we, in our moments, we need that peace. And that peace is the peace of Christmas that comes from Christ. And at this time, I want you guys to start lighting your candles, and we'll start lighting them up. Parents, watch your children if they have a candle. And, and light one candle, and then go to another candle as it spreads.
And at this time, I just want Jen to sing a song. It's called Prince of Peace. And then I'm going to quickly read one more passage, and then we'll close.
in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined, shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Fear not. Just accept the peace of God. Even right now, I believe the presence of God is bringing peace. Fear not. Fear not in your times when you're just hurting inside. Fear not when you, when you feel like you don't understand. It, there's a peace that passes all understanding. These people, they were fearing poverty, Roman occupation, Caesar as their prince of terror. And verse 11, it says, For unto you, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. And you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were angels, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest honor. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. We have a prince. We have one, a ruler, one in authority that has come to bring peace for our souls, restore peace between us and God, between people, to make all things right and all things new. And right now there are people in this room and we have everything that we need, but we have no peace. I'm telling you. This is our culture. We have everything that we can possibly want, and we still want more, because we cannot fulfill the peace of God. No matter how hard we try, we, we become more anxious than ever until we say, God, I need you. I, I need to let go. Because the peace we need is the peace of God. The peace for our soul. Christmas is about God bringing this peace to our world, a true peace that only He can bring. Peace for your mind, peace for your heart, peace for your eternity. In this room, if you need the peace of God in your soul, in your life today, I believe Christ is offering that through Christmas. Let's stand as we close. I only know through one way that I have found peace on like true peace and it's through the Prince of Peace in Christ Jesus trusting Him as my Prince my, my Savior my Ruler that I trust that He has the best possible life for me and trusting Him as my Savior that He is saving me He is saving me and I want to ask you with our heads bowed there's some of us that we, we have kind of trusted Him we do the religion thing we do this Jesus thing but He is not our Savior. He is not our Prince. He is not our Lord. And if you're in this room today and you need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, all the things that we desire, we have taken hold of, and it's still not enough. What we desire is not a thing, is not a person, but it is God Himself. Heavenly Father, be with us. Will you trust Him today? If you're in this room, Will you trust Him today? Will you respond to Him and say, God, I trust you. Jesus, I need you. There's a peace that I need that only comes from you. And I'm going to pray over you. And if this is your prayer, just accept it and let it just, just let it just 
break down and defrost all the walls that we've built up to push people away because we wanted our own peace. It says in the word of God, fear not, I bring you good news for your peace, for your joy. Let's pray. Dear Lord, don't let us miss this moment of Christmas because we're so busy looking for something else where the truth is we need to find you, God. Help us to simplify our lives so we can focus on the things that matter. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. And I ask you for a supernatural peace to reign over my heart tonight and throughout my life that I keep on going to you, learning from you, God. I trust you. I thank you for the simple but life-changing message of Christmas, your love for us, and God being with us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Say hi to uh, the person next to you. We have Cyber in the back. Hopefully it warms up a little. But like, make memories, take